If someone looked at you and watched the pace of your life and how you worked through the week, how would they describe it? Would they say, he works like a dog, or he's burning the candle at both ends? Or like Paul, as he describes himself in his work in the reading that we heard, he's a slave for the sake of the gospel. Or would they say, she's really busy? Or she's a, she's a woman with a mission. I find as I talk with people, it's almost a status symbol anymore how busy we are. And people might start conversations that way. They'll say, how busy have you been? And being very busy really has this feel of being weighed down with everything going on in, in family and work and school and whatever else that might be. But if we're on a mission, that has a whole different connotation to it. How busy are you? And are you busy with your mission or God's mission? With your work or God's work? I was the chaplain for the Catholic school in Rapid City for three years. And I heard the students talk about their own struggle with their busyness, trying to attend to the academic load that they had, sports, part-time jobs, family and friends, and really feeling stressed. Parents, likewise, seem to be more stressed now, at least than when I was a kid. It seems like the work that they're doing, plus family commitments, and then there seems to be an increasing amount of time they spend accompanying their children for sports and extracurricular events, where they really, I think sometimes we become a, become a slave to our schedule. What is the secret to living with a proper balance and a good spirit, a right attitude in our work? I don't think it's the difference between, between being busy and not busy. I think it really is the difference that would that would be when you have a mission that's not yours, but that's really of the Lord. Paul's a man on a mission. If you think of Paul, and it's hard really to fathom that he traveled from Israel to Syria to Turkey to Greece to Crete and finally into Italy. He was pretty high energy. Um, he was really pushing but he describes it as a mission. And one of the words that he actually uses is he's a slave. We hear it in today's reading. And when he begins some of his letters, he uses that image by saying, at least at the beginning of the letter to the Romans, he'll say, Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus. That phrase has always struck me. Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus. Why does he use that image? Through his death, Jesus paid the ransom of his sin. At least that's how Paul describes it in the first letter to the Corinthians. So for Paul, he belongs to Jesus. Everything belongs to him. He's all in for Jesus because of the gift of his death. So you, we should listen to that passage that we heard today with that in mind, as he says in today's reading, I've made myself a slave to all to win over as many as possible. 
All this I do for the sake of the gospel. Paul channels his energy as a slave of Christ Jesus. His whole life is a mission for the Lord. He's on a mission to proclaim the gospel. And so then I'll put in the same context, I made myself a slave to all to win them over for the sake of the gospel. Paul never describes himself as working like a dog. You do get a sense that he's, he's working very hard, but you don't get a feel that he's like overburdened or burned out. Do you relate to Jesus as a slave of Christ? I didn't do that for most of my life. I think the image that we use in our spiritual life usually is we think of ourselves as a child of God through our baptism, as a disciple of the Lord Jesus. And we don't want to lose those, but I think to those dimensions, Paul would say you should, you should also add the dimension in your relationship to God of being a slave of Christ or a servant of God, how Jesus actually describes himself. That term for Paul, slave of Christ, comes back to Christ pouring out his life for Paul. So then that's what drove him. It's for, for Paul, um, it's the debt of love that we owe to Christ. It's language of love, not of servitude per se. It's really more a language of love. When I begin my day with that image, some kind of image of being a servant of God or Paul saying slave of Christ, it helps me to let go of my control because I, I have a strong drive and so I can drive myself. But that's a problem because then I'm driving myself. It's my work that I want to get done. And I can end my day then with a feeling of being weary and burdened or stressed out. But when I refocus and work as a servant of Christ, asking the guidance of the Spirit, seeking to please God alone, that gives me a whole different focus. It doesn't mean that I'm, I'm still busy. But instead of feeling burdened, I find myself being more peaceful, not worrying about what other people think or what I want to get done, being more peaceful, and maybe being tired at the end of the day, but it's a good tired. It's a more peaceful tired. Today's gospel gives us a glimpse of a day in the life of Jesus. Last week, we're still actually in the same day that we were in, in last week's gospel where he's preaching in the synagogue he casts out an evil spirit. Then today's gospel picks it up. He goes to Simon's house, cures his mother-in-law, and it says that night, everybody's around the door wanting to be healed from sickness or from demons. And imagine how much time and energy he's, push, is, he's expending for all of that. Then early in the morning, before dawn, he gets up and goes away and prays. And when Simon finds him, he says, and we have to go to the nearby towns and keep doing the same thing. It's an intense schedule. It's a grueling schedule. He's working almost as hard as Father Pete. (laughs) 
But do you picture, do you ever picture Jesus being stressed out? Or kind of burned out or worn down? I guess I picture him as maybe being bone tired and really pouring his life out. But I picture him as single, uh, having a kind of a single purpose and a peace about him. And I think it gets back to him also having a, a focus of being a servant of the Father. That's one of the ways he describes himself. He describes himself as a beloved son. But at certain places he talks about being a servant. I think for Jesus that secret to his mission is, his, is that morning prayer that we hear about. And I think he probably prays different than you and I pray. Not so much different in terms of this father-son relationship because by our baptism, we have that father-son or father-daughter relationship. But I think he prays with a focus. I, I picture him just praying. In contrast, how we might pray, at least I find myself praying this way. I'm thinking about everything I gotta get going and so I'm praying to get it done so I can get going. You know? Instead of saying, and sometimes I'm able now to do this, instead of saying, this is the most important thing I'll do all day because the way I pray will really focus me and it will really give me um, the, the right spirit for the day. It will give me the right stance before God all day. This is the most important thing I have to do. That When I can do that, the day goes differently, and my prayer is in some ways very simple, but it's very profound. I'm, I'm really with the Lord. We really do need to pray as if it's the most important thing that we do all day, and I'm not sure what you do for prayer. I think we always need to be challenged there. Believe it, me as priests and bishops, we need to work on prayer every day. And for me, I find the beginning moments of the day are the best because then I don't have so darn much on my mind and I'm refreshed. And I can really give it a, a, a full focus. The fruit of Jesus' prayer will be the fruit of our prayer when we pray well. In his prayer, it focuses him on God's work. So when, when Simon Peter finds him off praying, he comes up and he says, everybody's looking for you. You can feel kind of this temptation to get in to be popular. Everybody's looking for you. You healed so many people yesterday. You had power over their evil spirits that they were struggling with. They want you to come back. And Jesus' response is, let us go to nearby villages that I may preach there also. For this purpose, I have come. Or you might say, this is why God sent me. I got to listen to the Father, not to what people and their popularity would pull, pull me to do. That's one of, the, one of the really the main effects of prayer is it keeps us focused on what the Lord wants. Prayer engenders a sense of being sent by God. By the way, that's the other way Paul describes himself as he begins Romans. He says, Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus and called to be sent or called as an apostle to go and do God's work. Prayer engenders being sent and obedience not such a popular word in the American world sometimes, or in, just in culture. Obedience. I find obedience 
to be freeing. And that image really of being a slave of Christ or a servant of the Father, it's freeing. It frees us from the craziness of our schedule and how we drive ourselves. It frees us from what other people might think of us or want us to do. It simplifies life into one dimension of being obedient and doing the mission that the Lord has given me. I can lose that too. I've lost it just recently having come here. Just being too burdened by everything. If people observed you throughout the week, what would they say? He's working like a dog. She's burning the candle at both ends. Or would they say, he has a real mission with the Lord? Or he's a slave, or she's a slave of Christ for the sake of his gospel? If you've experienced that freedom of serving God alone, and I think you probably have a taste of that at least, maybe you have a real strong sense of what that feels like, just to give thanks to the Lord for that today. That's a gift of being in a right relationship. You have a sense of that freedom that brings us a being focused on God alone, to thank the Lord for that today. To the degree that that's not true for you, to the degree that you look at your life and you say, it's a bit out of control. Or it's not focused with God's purpose. It, as a singular thing I'm doing with my life. To ask for that grace today in Eucharist. To ask the Lord to help you to get back into that stance. I invite you just to pray with that image of being a slave of Christ today. It's not a very normal image that we've learned. But as you come to Eucharist, just ask the Lord Jesus to show you again how he was servant. Not just servant of the Father, but your servant and mine. Washing feet. Pouring his life out on the cross. And when we get inside of that, then that's where Paul gets to says as his response, I need to be his slave too. I need to be all in for the Lord. To ask for a renewal of that as we come to Eucharist today.